Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear, page by page. This is page 878, and foot in the back of a wagon. And I want you to ask yourself, what's worse, a broken arm or getting kidnapped by a stranger and raped four times a night? Then I turned his face toward me and spoke so quiet that even an inch away it was hardly a whisper. After you've thought of that, I want you to pray to God to forgive you for what you just said. And if you mean it, tell who grant your arm heal straight and true. His eyes were terrified and wet. After that, if you ever think an unkind thought about either of them, your arm will ache like there's hot iron in the bone. And if you ever say an unkind word, it will go to fever and slow rot, and they'll have to cut it off to save your life. I tightened my grip on him, watching his eyes widen. And if you ever do anything to either of them, I'll know. I will come here and kill you and leave your body hanging in a tree. There were tears on his face now, although whether from shame or fear or pain, I couldn't guess. Now, you tell her you're sorry for what you said. I let go of him after making sure he had his feet under him and pointed him in the direction of Crin and L. The women stood around them like a protective cocoon. He clutched his arm weakly. I shouldn't have said that, Ellie, he sobbed, sounding more wretched and repentant than I would have thought possible, broken arm or no. It was a demon talking out of me, I swear, though. I've been sick worrying. We all been. And we did try to come get you, but there was a lot of them, and they jumped us on the road. Then we had to bring Bill home, or he would have died from his leg. Something tickled my memory about the boy's name. Jason? I suddenly suspected I had just broken Elle's boyfriend's arm. Somehow I couldn't feel bad about it just now. Best thing for him, really. Looking around, I saw the anger bleed out of the faces of the men around me as if I'd used up the whole town's supply in a sudden, furious flash. Instead, they watched Jason, looking slightly embarrassed, as if the boy were apologizing for the lot of them. Then, I saw a big, healthy-looking man running down the street, followed by a dozen other townsfolk. From the look on his face, I guessed it was Elle's father, the mayor. He forced his way into the knot of women, gathered his daughter up in his arms, and swung her around. You find two types of mayor in small towns like this. The first type are balding, older men of considerable girth, who are good with money and tend to wring their hands a great deal when anything unexpected happens. The second type are tall, broad-shouldered men whose families have grown slowly prosperous because they had worked like angry bastards behind a plow for twenty generations. Elle's father was the second sort. That's the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. And this is a fun bit of shorthand because these are both stock characters that I'm sure we've all encountered in various fantasy stories. So this doesn't need to spend time, you know, talking about this, how this guy looks or, or what he sounds like. We can right away go, okay, I know what type of guy this is and just get into it. Yes. And I feel like we've even encountered previous stock town mayors of both kinds before in this book. Like, very early on in the first book when they go to a town. Mm-hmm. I think this page is really interesting because it's a data point. If if you are inclined, if we're thinking about Quoth as an unreliable narrator, and we have been thinking a lot in our uh, podcast about Quoth's issues with anger and how he represents those to us versus how they might actually be coming across. Like, he is terrifying here and he's threatening this kid with like 
mutilation and death. Uh, And no one else, as far as we know, can hear exactly what he's saying. But he's like, he's really, really scary. And he presents this as like, look, I had to give this kid some tough love uh, to to set him straight how he was going to treat these girls. And maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. But maybe it's not. And, well... We'll get into it on tomorrow's page, but there's another like pretty strong piece of evidence that Foth is coming off a lot scarier than he is presenting himself as. Well, I feel like Foth also did something that like maybe the town might have figured out or like okay, well, like Foth like blatantly openly states that they were raped multiple times. And that's not something that someone else should be saying. Like, that's something that the girls should be able to tell their town if they feel safe doing so. That's not something Quoth should be telling the town. But he's not. It's not something he should be telling Jason. It's not, like, it's just not for him to say. It's, like, that's... Like, he can say something, he could have said something more vague, he could have been, like, he could have said, like, like tied in the back of a wagon and treated really terribly, um, but, like, to say something so specific and to announce it to a town knowing that this town probably has a prejudice against women who are not, like, virgins in their eyes, like, that's a, that that's such a... Like he's he's there and he's being like you got to respect these girls, but he's not respecting them, and that makes me angry. <laughs> I think that's a really good point. I do want to clarify that he says that to Jason quietly that no one else can hear. Still, you know, he shouldn't even be telling him. <laughs> I I agree with you. I agree with you, and I think that Quoth's rational rationalization for that would be: I had to impress upon this boy just how much these girls had suffered, uh, so that he would understand what a bad little bastard he was being. But of course, I think that everybody in the town knows without having to be told what happened to these girls, you know? Yeah, but it's still, like, it's just not... There, yeah, Like, there's plausible it's... deniability in it not being said. Well, And, and, and I, I think that they should have that opportunity. Yeah, I agree, there's, there's completely. There's dignity in being able to control their own narrative and to be the ones who... So I'm mad at Quoth say for yeah. saying that thing, because he could have gotten around it he's a very he himself says that he's very good with words so if he's so good with words where where was his talent in this moment well and i think jordana that we like i again i completely agree with you that it's not cool what he's doing but i think given what we know about quote that we have to understand that as a deliberate choice on his part i think he knows that it's not really his place to say that and so the fact that he is saying that tells us something about his character and what he's mm, feeling. I believe that he moment. doesn't know that it's not his place to say that and that that says something about his character. Okay. Well, I guess you could read it either way then. Like, I, I think Quoth's a smart boy, but maybe not in every category. <laughs> and I think this would be a category where Quoth would not be smart. Yeah, this is one of those things where also I feel like it's it's an idea that that developed or, or got more... That idea got louder. Like, obviously that this this was wrong then and it's wrong now but i think that again this is one of those things that i think maybe present day rothfuss might not put in quotes mouth if he was writing this today or he might write differently or he might write differently about it yeah um so this is sort of like a (laughs) i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it it's a synecdoche for the whole town where 
like with with Jason saying it out loud, like articulating their their shame and impotence here. We tried, uh, we worried, we tried, but they we had to bring Bill home. Like also, they had to make the very difficult choice of like returning with their wounded um, and leaving them behind. Like what must that have done to them? And so then the the cadence shifts from that aggression towards Quoth to like everyone kind of going. You know, he said it, it's true. We've all been feeling this way and it shifts from anger to shame. Yeah, I was also going to point out that that, and that's also, not only is that like a useful literary device to express what all the town is feeling through this single person, but it's also efficient storytelling because then the whole town, like the Quoth doesn't have a conversation with like five guys about it. The kid says it, it's out there in the open. That idea is now public knowledge and we can move on to the next thing. It's, it's efficient storytelling. And yeah, it's time for the next thing, right? Like we shift from them being suspicious of Quoth for that reason to them being suspicious of Quoth for a new reason. Mm-hmm. But we do have to get through, we have to move along, right? We have a few yeah. more things to get through. I um, appreciate how complex the like, the the power dynamics and the tension in this sequence are. Like there's a lot of different things that are causing tension for different reasons, and lot like I think that the emotional complexity of different people's reactions to the situation to Quoth are all compelling and and feel authentic. Reasonable. Well, that's all I've got. All right. Do we have any the letters? End of the page then. Uh, as I said yesterday, the letters that we do have are, are heading in the couch. Uh, yeah, they're they're pinned in the couch and they're a little bit dated. So if we're okay reading a letter from Well, we got to read them eventually. Back. No, we don't. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. If you don't have a letter worth reading, then let's not read one. I wouldn't say they're not worth reading, but they the ones that are also in in the in the couch are a little bit long. So uh, in the interest of of time and focus, let's uh, close the book for today and uh, return tomorrow for more uncomfortable negotiation of a complex situation on this little podcast we like to call Page of uh, Wind. Wind.